Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, and welcome to episode number 341 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you again this week, and happy 2023. If you're listening to this episode on or around the time that I released it, it's January, it's a fresh new year. And look, if January is just another first of the month for you, then great. That's totally fine. You can ignore what I'm about to say. Um, However, if you really do like this time of year, you like the energy, you like the new start, then I hope you are enjoying this time of year. I definitely am. But also December 31st is my birthday. And I like to think of birthdays as a personal new year. And in many ways, they literally are because it's your solar return astrologically. So my personal new year just so happens to align with the new year that the rest of the world also celebrates. So happy new year, but also don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just because, you know, you might set some New Year's resolutions or some goals or some intentions or word of the year or whatever it is, but you don't have to like necessarily get it right. I actually really like to celebrate three New Year's. So yes, I do honor my personal New Year, which again happens to align with January 1st. I also acknowledge and celebrate the astrological New Year, which is the spring equinox in March when the sun moves back into Aries. And then I also celebrate the Jewish New Year, which is in September or October. So I like to celebrate three New Year's because, you know, why not? And they just feel like three opportunities to pause for a second, reassess what's going well, where do I want to redirect course, what needs to be fixed, and just kind of check in. Because I think sometimes we can um, set some sort of goal or intention or New Year's resolution or whatever it is. And then by the end of January or February, or maybe even March, you've kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit and gotten off track. Then we kind of just fall into the slump of like, oh, well, you know, screw that, or maybe next year. But why not? Because if you do kind of fall off the wagon, or you're not really 
moving in the direction you thought you wanted to go, well, look, the Astrological New Year is right around the corner. And you can use that as an opportunity to check in and re-excite yourself and maybe shift directions and Maybe by then you also have some clarity around what you do or what you don't want. And to be honest, like you can use any wheel of time you want to get a fresh start. This is exactly what the whole moon cycle is all about. So like every 28 days, you have a mini new year. So yes, I like to have some big intentions some big goals that I check in with three times a year, my personal new year, astrological new year, and then also the Jewish new year. But divided even further, there's these new moons that happen about every 28 days. And so those new moon cycles are an opportunity to set mini goals or little stepping stone goals, as I like to call them, to get me to the bigger goals. And this just helps me to stay on track. And now look, this might feel really overwhelming for those of you who aren't so like goal-oriented Capricorn or whatever. I totally get it. It doesn't have to necessarily be like goals of like, I'm going to make this much money or do this or do that or, you know, go on this many dates or whatever. It can really just be more of a softer approach, like some intentions, some personal things that you might want to work on around like feelings or beliefs or your spirituality or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be like this go get them kind of thing. It can be these softer things, but also you can still use the various wheels of time that we have as our tools to do this check-in and redirect course and fix things that aren't working or look at things in a new way. And also as you just, you know, live your life and go through the motions, you're going to get more clarity around what you do want and what you don't want. And that will even further help you clarify every time the new moon comes around, you want to set intentions, or when the second new year of the year comes, um, it can get again, give you some of that clarity so that you don't have to put so much pressure right now. All right, so that is my New Year's spiel. I hope that it was helpful. And again, if you're not into the New Year's whole thing, that is totally fine too. So let's move into today's episode. But actually, speaking of New Year's and resolutions and goals and all that kind of stuff, you know that I am very goal-oriented. I am a Capricorn after all. I've got big career dreams. And yet even from that place when I was dating, I still dated from this win-then mentality. And one thing that I didn't realize when I was little, when I was growing up, was that adults don't have it all figured out. And I felt this especially hard in my 20s because I do think that once I graduated college and graduated grad school that I would just like hit this magical moment of like, ah, I know what I'm doing with my life. I know how to feel good all of the time. (laughs) I know what my path is. I know what my career is going to be, all of those things. But I didn't feel any of those things at all. In fact, I I felt really lost and I experienced a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of loneliness. And on top of just feeling those uncomfortable things, I think the shock of it all made it 10 times, 100 times worse because I just was assuming that by the time I became an adult, things would be easy, I would have everything figured out. And so what I did is that I looked around me. And I thought, okay, who are my friends who seem to have it together? Who are my friends who seem the happiest or have the least anxiety? And I would look around. And I would say, ah, it turns out all my friends who are married and having babies tend to be the happiest. Okay, that's my plan. A man is my plan. Now, I didn't necessarily say that verbatim. But I do believe that is the underlying belief that I had that drove a lot of my dating experience during that time. 
I find this to actually be a fairly common mentality of like, okay, well, when I meet someone, then I'll feel secure. When I meet someone, then I will have a better social life. When I meet someone, I'll be financially secure, whatever it is. And I think this is just a really, really hard place to be emotionally, because even though you might be setting up this wonderful, fantastical future that you're working towards in the moment, in present time, it can feel pretty awful because you're basically telling yourself, yeah, okay, I'll feel happy when I meet someone or when I feel like this or when I'll feel that. I think this can happen in big and small ways. So sometimes you might want not want to make a big financial decision, you know, when you're single, maybe not buying a house. And I can totally understand that. I'm not saying that that is necessarily a bad thing. I don't know if I would own a home without Stevie. And it's not because I quote unquote need a man, but because Stevie just happens, you know, he's a mechanical engineer. He's good with like fixing things and figuring out stuff and he can do it. And he saved us hundreds, if not more likely thousands of dollars. And I know that's like just one example. My point is, is that I think this can happen in small ways as well, like choosing to not go on a vacation because, oh, I can't go on this vacation or I can't go to this place single or I can't get a dog single or whatever because you think you can't or aren't supposed to, or because that would be weird or whatever it is. Now, I know that's just one example. My point is, is that I think this can happen in small ways, like choosing to not go on a vacation or go to a certain restaurant or go get a dog or whatever it is, because you think you can't or aren't supposed to, or that'd be weird, or you have a story or belief like it'd be better to do it with a partner or whatever it is. So I find this is actually a fairly common mentality. And I think that listening to this, you can see how that's probably not a great way to date. It's very easy to look at that objectively when it's not you or your situation or your life. But I do think this is fairly common. And I think a lot of people date from this place without necessarily realizing it. So it might be worth asking yourself, what do you believe you can't feel, have, do, be, experience until you meet someone? Um, Because if you have that belief, that when-then mentality, certainly consciously, but even if you have it unconsciously, then what it can actually do is it can actually get you really attached to anyone who might show interest to you. And it blocks you from being able to ask yourself, hmm, is this person right for me? Is this relationship going to work for me? Not just is it, is it right for you or is it going to work for you, but this is what you want. Is this going to add to your life? Is this going to help you get closer to your goals and feel how you want to feel? But when you when you completely disregard that and, it's, and you're more stuck in this when then, okay, well, this person, they seem to be interested and they seem to want what I want. So that seems like a really good plan. What that does is that gets you in a place where, A, you're not even aware or sure if you like the person, if they're right for you. But worse is that you're much more susceptible to missing or ignoring red flags, bad behavior, emotionally unavailable behavior, any other kind of behavior that you probably don't want in a long-term relationship. All right. So if you can relate to this, and if you think you have some of the win-then mentality, you're going to love my coaching call with Andre Ann. So before we get into my coaching call, here are some questions to consider as you're listening into my conversation with Andre Ann. Do you feel like you're behind in life because all of your friends are married or having family, or maybe it just seems like they're moving forward with their lives in some other way? Do you feel like you can't really start living your life, finding who you are or your interests until you get into a relationship? And does your identity get wrapped up in who you date? And finally, if I were to ask you, who are you? How would you respond? All right, keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Andre Ann. Hi, Andre Ann. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Hi, Veronica. I would like to know the difference between dating and long-term commitment because I seem to be confusing the two. Oh, interesting question. Can you tell me more? 
Where does it so when, I, when I meet a guy, I go for a date and then it's like I commit too fast. I always fall in love for life. It's always like I, my heart gets involved super fast and then I get skipped to the sex part within the first few weeks. And then it's like I do everything backwards. Mm-hmm. I get, do you yeah. get, do you mean you get attached physically too fast or do you get attached emotionally too fast or both? Both. Both. Okay. 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 Got it. Got it. Let me ask you this first before we get going. Do you have an idea of why that might be? Well, I, I'm pretty sure it has something to do with my childhood because I was, uh, I didn't have a role model about what it is actually to be in a healthy relationship as um, life partners. And also I was, I think I, I'm, I'm what you would say codependent or dependent. Like I, I tend to feel intense emotions and like I'm super sensitive and uh, I, everybody is like, I'm, I'm naive and gullible and. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pause you for a second because you're saying all these things like I'm naive, I'm codependent. I have all this da, 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 da. And some people might say this is semantics, but I firmly disagree. If you think you're naive and codependent and like too sensitive or whatever, then like you're going to be. <laughs> okay. Well, right? Like, like yeah. I don't know if you heard that story, the little engine that could, I mean, like Jesus, we've been reading that story since we were like five years old, but like, there's actually a lot of truth to it. Right. So maybe you have some tendencies that display some you know, naive beliefs or actions, or maybe you have some codependent tendencies, but that's not who you are. And the more that you just kind of identify with it, the more true you're going to make it. Because that's just how the brain works, right? Like confirmation bias, we want to be right. Um, And we also tend to just spot things after we you know, it's kind of like when you go car shopping and you see like a red Subaru at the car dealer and then you see it like everywhere else. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like the the same thing is is going on. So before we even like dive into this any further, can we just agree that you're not codependent, you're not naive, you're not overly sensitive, and maybe sometimes you display those tendencies? Yes, I agree. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So let's, let's just look at that out of the way. And if you do find yourself, you know, anytime after this call saying that, then you've got to, it's harder obviously to do for yourself, but you've got to like stop yourself. You've got to do like it's basically a pattern interrupt and redirect the thoughts. Um, Tony Robbins is really famous for doing this and he does it in kind of a vulgar way. Like someone will be basically doing what you did, like saying, oh, well, I'm this and I'm that and da, 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 da. And it'll just be like, fuck, 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 fuck. And people yeah. are like, what? Like, <laughs> what is he doing? Like, you know, he's, that's just kind of how he is. And you don't have to agree with that style, but basically um, he's just trying to shock the system as a pattern interrupt, interrupter. Okay. And so, um, you know, sometimes people will do things like wear a rubber band. And sometimes I guide clients to do that and just like snap their wrist when they're trying to mm-hmm. have it. And there is a lot of research to show that that could work anyways, but I went down that rabbit hole a little too far. So let's bring it back to why you get attached. Okay. So you think it has something to do with childhood and not seeing like an example of a healthy relationship. Is that what you said? To repeat back to you? Well, that's my first thought. Okay. Okay. Might not be it, but... Well, let's, let's see if there's something here because there may or may not be right. Mm -hmm. Um, We can only explore. That's the only way we can find out. So let me ask you this. What did you see in relationship? I saw both my parents divorced when I was four years old and both of them, they like went from one partner to the other. 
constantly and up until today they have not been in a long-term committed relationship they're still looking for their life partner mm-hmm. so I'm I'm not judging them I, I think that that's what I was shown so so I don't I don't really know what it what it is to be dating and just with a to filter is it you know Mm -hmm. okay so with your parents were they displaying like toxic behaviors um with their partners or was just simply like not the right fit or not the right person um i would say my i could definitely see my mom having some toxic patterns okay like um getting involved in with partners who are not respectful to her who not were not not good fit for her mm-hmm. and uh, she really wanted to to have a family so she had more other kids like she remarried and she had more kids so mm-hmm. and she was disappointed that it didn't work so but I, I'm not saying that as a judgment I'm just trying to relate to that yeah. as what I learned from that Okay. And do you remember when you were little, what you made that mean or what you believe to be true by seeing your mom's experience? I'm a dreamer. I thought like her, like you, one day you will find the right partner and it will be forever. <laughs> okay. A lot of times when we, whether you're listening to my podcast or, you know, reading other people's stuff, um, it's almost become like, I don't know, part of pop culture that you know, if our parents struggled in love, then we're going to have the same struggle in our relationship. Or if we never saw what love looks like, then we're, it's hard to know for ourselves. But I think it's, that's a little too almost linear. Cause I can tell you've been thinking a lot about this. Yeah. And you're like trying to look for a very logical reason. And I do think there is like a logical reason to your pattern, but I think you're thinking about it rather than feeling into it. Mm-hmm. Does that okay. make sense? Yes. And there's a big difference. So when it comes to you going on a date or a couple dates with someone and you want to completely attach yourself to them, what is it that you're feeling? Like, how do you feel in those moments? What do you feel like you need to get from them? What does it feel like to then attach yourself? Like I'm, I don't have the confidence that if I stay by myself, I'll be okay. Like it, it has to work. Okay, there we go. Now we're getting somewhere. Can you see how that's like, Boom. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. you ha- you can't be by yourself. You have to be with someone because you can't take care of yourself. Is that what you said? Yes. I think uh, as much as it hurts to hear that, I think that. Yeah. And, and, and it's honestly, when you're doing this work, like it should feel a little uncomfortable to be like, oh my God, do I really feel that way? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot of times we don't want to because the women, I mean, I know you are and the women in this community were smart and are successful and we can get shit done. And so then to admit something that's like, we kind of look down upon maybe in other people or maybe judge people for then to admit like, Oh fuck, I have the same thing going on. Like can be really mm-hmm. hard, but that's yeah. where growth happens. And so I just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. Okay. It's super vulnerable. It takes a lot of courage and you, you like nothing bad will come of it. I agree. It, it, it's uncomfortable, but it, it, rings like it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have, I never saw my parents being, uh, happy being by themselves. They were constantly searching and looking and never staying single for 
taking the time to to be single and taking care of themselves and me and my brother and exactly. and so I'm like wow I don't know actually how it is to be happily single just by myself yeah and maybe that's the big lesson here right yes maybe that's on the agenda <laughs> <laughs> um and and look like I mean I had no doubt that's this pattern, this behavior came from childhood parents because everything does, but it wasn't as simple as, well, I never saw healthy relationships. So I never had an example. And then therefore, like, I just don't know what love is, which isn't true because there, you have experienced love in your life. It might've been a romantic love, but you've experienced some sort of love. Yes. Right. And so, um, go ahead and close your eyes for me for a second. And let's, let's kind of really dig in here and this might get uncomfortable, but that's totally fine. Again, that's where growth happens. So you have to attach yourself to this person. And so I just want you to put yourself, whether this is a current reality in your life, or you can just think back to a time when this was a reality or where you felt those feelings or were triggered emotionally. Okay. I want you to complete the sentence with as many ways you can fill in the blank. And you're, so you're going to say this out loud. Mm -hmm. I have to... I don't know how you would actually say this, but I'm just going to say, I have, I have to end up with this person. I have to be with this person. We have to work out because otherwise. I won't succeed in life. And what else? Um, I'll feel, I'll be rejected. Mm -hmm. I'll feel lonely. I will, I won't feel loved. Mm -hmm. Um, that one makes me feel like crying. Like, Which one? Like, I won't feel loved? Yeah. Okay. You can open your eyes. Why does that one feel especially triggering? Like it's the only kind of love that you can have in life, which is totally irrational. But in deep, deep down inside, it's what came up. Like, mm -hmm. Well, let's not try to pass judgment. Like, oh, this is so irrational, right? Because that's not going to help anybody. Mm -hmm. So it feels like this is the only kind of love that you can have. Tell me. Uh, to, yeah. To, to be somebody and to have some kind of an identity, you know, like it's the start, the first step, you find a partner, you build your, and then you have a life. Okay. Okay. So you can't have an identity. You can't have a life until you have a partner. Well, I think that's how I feel inside. Weird. I've never thought about it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm so confused when I end up single and I feel lost and I feel like I need to get back mm -hmm. a new mm -hmm. partner. But I'm not so far. I'm still trying to figure out how it is to actually choose someone that is the right fit for me. Yeah. Yeah. So this is more common than you think, right? Like I think actually a lot of women um, don't either, well, they don't admit it to themselves. They certainly would never admit it to me or to a friend or whatever. But when I was single, especially when I felt like all my friends were married or getting married or in serious relationships or even having kids. And I was like, still on okay Cupid or whatever. I was like, well, shit, my life hasn't started yet. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically like the same um, 
I mean, essentially it's like the same mindset you have. And I think this is actually fairly common. I just think that uh, there's a lot of pride and ego attached to this. So we don't really admit it to ourselves, especially not to others. So what do you believe that you can have when you have a relationship that you can't have now? Sex. <laughs> First. Someone well, what talk. does sex mean though? Cause sex, I mean, you could just like, you know, get a vibrator and like go into your room. Right. <laughs> like you can, yeah. you can give yourself an orgasm, right? So this isn't just about sex. You're making sex mean something. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Now that you're saying that, I agree with you. I think it's the feeling of being, being, feeling complete. Mm-hmm. You know, feeling like I'm, I'm seen, I exist, I'm someone. I, yeah, that feeling like I'm complete. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What would need to be true that you have complete control over? So that's the caveat. Mm-hmm. What would need to be true right now in your life for you to feel complete? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Uh, hmm. I think projects that have nothing to do with a love relationship, like a partner. Just like, mean, a cre- like a creative project or something? Yes, or... Like I like to write. I would like to have my own blog or my own Facebook group. So I, I have that in me, but I never take the time to actually act upon my interests and and uh, dreams. So I think that's what I always wait for when I I find a partner, and then I take care of my interests and projects. And so I think I'm might be doing it backwards. Yeah, you're 100% doing it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a thing. This is a definite. And and I just want to emphasize for you or anyone listening, like this isn't your fault. This is what advertising does to us. Like it's so fascinating, like watching commercials on TV. Like I'm one where, you know, I'm watching my favorite TV show, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and there's commercials and I'm like, woo, I love commercials because it's so fascinating to me because the people who are writing those commercials really understand human psychology, right? Mm. And basically the message, and this is why also I loved Mad Men, because I think even Don Draper says it in the show where he's like, basically we're selling happiness, but by a bunch of people who aren't really happy, right? Mm. And so basically like any mass marketing message, like commercials for products or whatever, are mostly going to be like, well, when you can be skinny and lose all this weight, then look at yourself. You're going to be like going on all these awesome dates. Like, like just watch any freaking Weight Watchers commercial or when you can, you know, own these, I don't know, pairs of shoes or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, when you can buy the shoes that Meghan Markle was just wearing, then you can be kind of regal too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right? and, and like, and, and that's just like what it, that's just like, so ingrained in our brain. And so when we find ourselves like falling into that pattern, the first thing is just pure compassion and pure forgiveness for ourselves because, you know, we're, we're human, right? We're human and social conditioning is, is real, but what's actually real or what's actually, I shouldn't say what's real, what's more true in terms of getting what you want and how to create that so-called happiness or that happiness is the, uh, then when, Right. It's, so it's the other way around. And so, you know, you can, you know, what needs to be true in order for you to feel complete? Well, you need to create this blog 
right? Or do this writing, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the topic is, but um, and that doesn't even really, really matter, but you need to do that because that's going to help you connect with yourself. It's something you feel really passionate about. It's probably going to fulfill you. And guess what? Like the whole irony is, is that's hot. (laughs) That's super attracting or attractive. Okay. To someone, right? What I think is the identity part of it. Get know myself in outside of a relationship. Like who am I when I I don't have a boyfriend? Like by myself, you know. So yeah. I'm, I don't have that. I think I'm, I'm, I feel the need to work on that by doing projects and act upon my dreams and oh, yeah, interests. So, yeah, I mean, I think doing anything for yourself can help you to get clear on that, but especially introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A creative project and especially a project around writing. I mean... When I first started my business, I was a very different human and I was a very different coach. Like I was not able to take my clients as far as I can now because I just hasn't hadn't gone that far and I didn't realize how much of just having a business, particularly a personal brand business, was going to push me and challenge me and be really a huge catalyst in my growth, right? And so I think that for you, like doing some sort of creative project, whether it ends up being a business or a purely creative project, it does, it really doesn't matter, but you're putting yourself out there. You're, you're writing. So you're getting to know yourself through that. And then you're sharing that with other people. Maybe you're inspiring other people, you're teaching other people or, you know, something with other people. Um, if most likely if you're, if you're writing and that's going to be a huge growth catalyst, it's going to offer a lot of fulfillment. And I think it is going to be a really great way for you to answer that question of like, who am I? I think that as I'm listening to you, I feel like crying because I kind of understand why I was confusing dating and commitment. It's because when I'm, I was dating, I was getting an identity. Like if I'm that guy's girlfriend, I'm going to yep. do that. I'm going to end up in that family. I'm going to be that kind of partner. So I was really actually looking for me or myself, like through that relationship so I was trying to commit to being that kind of Andrean so I think that I understand now that's what's going on like tell me this I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here who are you who are you I'm Andrean I'm super 
talented. Like I'm mm-hmm. a good writer. I am a good friend. I like people. I'm introverted. Mm-hmm. I like hiking, fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have purple hair. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> purple is my favorite color so and um yeah i'm i'm kind of struggling to to tell you more I'm, it's kind of it's like i don't really know more than good start i totally put you on the spot that's a hard question yeah. to answer yeah that's a hard question to answer like who are you <laughs> yeah. okay. usually we're so so conditioned to be like oh well I'm a life coach or I'm a financial analyst or I'm a lawyer. Like, no, that's what you do, but who are you? And I thought not that there's like right or wrong or good or bad answers, but you answered beautifully. Oh, thank you. Especially for someone who's saying, I don't know who I am. And, and, And I'm not saying that to like say that you're wrong and that you don't have growth to do in this area, but I just want to highlight that. And this is true with most of my clients and the women that I coach is that you're further along than you think you are. So you can let yourself off the hook a little bit. Oh, thank you. You can give yourself some more compassion. Thank you. I'm and more I credit think, too. <laughs> thank you, Veronica. I I have to admit all those months working with the Love Action Tribe are starting to pay off. <laughs> good. Good. Well, I'm so I feel, the, I feel the growth. I feel the that I have regular insights and I consciously choose to stay single right now. Because I really want to feel that that void, like that. I feel like yeah. So what I want to do is I want to bring this down, like like whew, like ground it into you know tangible space, so you have some specific things to work on. So maybe like journaling, who are you, and I am, and just keep going, keep going, okay. just write it out. I am, I am, I am, I am. So I think that could be a really beautiful practice. I definitely, as always, inner child work is always going to be helpful. We didn't really talk about this that much in this in this episode or this coaching call, but you have the tools and resources to do that in the Love Action Tribe. And then of course, in the Facebook group, you have questions for me about that. And then what I think could also be really helpful is not just stay single. Well, okay, before we get there, think about like what makes you whole and complete and then doing those things that you have control over, right? Mm-hmm. So doing that. And then in terms of not dating, and I know that I'm like the queen of date yourself because I have my date yourself challenge, (laughs) but what I think could be really fun for you to do is to write out a list of like your ideal partner and what would you want that partner to do for you? Would you want them to take you out to dinner? Would you want them to write you sweet notes? Would you want them to um, buy you flowers? Would you want them to tell you that they love you and how they feel about you and how they're proud of you, like whatever, and then make a conscious effort to do those things for yourself. And I know you've been doing that, but I think it's different when there's like a conscious, like I am literally dating myself. I am off the market. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. And not just like pampering yourself with like baths and everything, but like maybe pushing your edge a little bit and like, what would it be like to go to dinner by yourself or go get a drink by yourself or go to the movies by yourself? For some people that feels like highly uncomfortable. And if it does, I highly encourage you to try it because <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And dinner all your stuff's going to do what? Dinner by myself is definitely a challenge. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to, and all your stuff's going to come up 
I mean, that's normal. You're going to think, oh my God, people are going to think I'm a loser. I don't have any friends. They're going to worry. They're going to judge me for being out by myself and like blah, 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 blah. And like when you go to dinner by yourself and you bring like a really good book or something, um, or you don't even have to bring a book. Honestly, I've done both. It can just be a really pleasurable experience. One of my favorite things to do, I mean, most people listening to this podcast know that Chardonnay is my drink of choice. I love Chardonnay. And so one of my favorite things to do is just go to a bar that has a decent Chardonnay and then just sit at the bar with a good book, not like a business book, which is like a fun book, like a novel, like ideally Outlander (laughs) and and just read and drink a wonderful glass of Chardonnay. And it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite things to do. And now that I'm saying it, I'm realizing I do not do this enough, but, but at first it was like highly uncomfortable for me to go to a meal by myself or do any of that stuff. But you know, all the worries about what people think of me, like it really forces me to up my worthiness enough to not give a fuck if people are judging me. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's really the power of dating yourself. So it's not just about pampering yourself, which is a part of it, but it's also about pushing your boundaries and using it as an opportunity to increase your self-worth, your self-confidence, all that type of good stuff. Good. Sound good? Yes. Great. What did you learn today? What's your biggest takeaway? Oh my gosh, that I was really actually looking for my my identity, commitment to my myself when I was approaching dating. Yeah. So I was committing to getting excited and to be that particular partner. And so that that's a life changing for me. Good. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're able to change your life in 20 minutes. <laughs> sure. I haven't been keeping time. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, good. And keep, obviously keep me updated. Let me know what happens in the Facebook group. And if you need follow-up support, you know, obviously I'm... I'm there for you, but thank you so much for sharing your question and your journey um, with the audience here. I know that they're going to get so much out of this episode and I just so appreciate you for, for doing this. Thank you, Veronica. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different from the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. 
Thank you so much, Andre Ann, for coming onto the show, even though it was two years ago. And I really appreciate your vulnerability and courage. And I really appreciate everyone's vulnerability and courage for willing to, you know, open themselves up in this way for the benefit of thousands of women. It's truly what makes this podcast so unique and special. So thank you. Thank you. Now, if you would like to be coached by me on the show, it's totally free. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. So like I said, this episode is coming out early January. I will be doing more recordings for the podcast uh, soon-ish. So um, you'll want to go to that link and you'll scroll to the bottom of the page, veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. There is a link that says something along the lines of want to be coached by me for the show, something like that. Click the link and that will take you to a Google form. You will fill out that Google form. And then when I am scheduling people to come onto the show, I will personally reach out to you and we will make it happen. I love doing these little mini power coaching sessions. And a lot of times folks are nervous. I totally hear you. Uh, Most people are a little bit nervous. So if you're feeling a little bit nervous, but also kind of want to do it, know that you are not alone. Um, Being nervous does not preclude you from being on the show. If you aren't sure what to ask, that's totally fine. I will say I don't workshop you know, put that in quotation marks, questions with people. I really want it to be whatever just feels most true and resonant with you. I think that's what makes the, you know, this, this show so, so good with the coaching calls. Uh, So I'm not going to workshop. I'm not going to tell you what question to ask, but that is all to say, not even knowing what your question is, is totally fine. Your question can literally be like, my love life isn't working. My relationships are shit. I don't know what to do. And I don't know what to ask. That's great. We can, I can work with that. I can work with that. And honestly, that would probably make an incredible coaching call episode because probably a lot of people feel that way. So don't worry if you don't know what your quote unquote question would be. It's totally fine. And as you've probably have already noticed by listening to the show, there's the question that people bring to the call. And then there's the question, right? And usually the question is what I uncover through our coaching together. So often the question you just bring is really just a jumping off point um, to begin with. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, Some people don't have their name revealed, new pseudonyms, all that kind of stuff. And you wouldn't even know it, right? Because actually a lot of the people, this is not their real name. So you don't have to worry about that. I will never reveal anything about you, like where you work or where you live, anything like that on the show. So it's all completely anonymous. Of course, you're welcome to share the episode with your friends. But like I said, you don't have to. They can just really be for be for you. Anyways, again, the link to sign up to be coached by me is veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. All right. So Andre Ann had a pattern of latching on to anyone she could date because without a relationship, she didn't feel whole, complete, or really knew who she was. Now, we talked a little bit about her family history, and it definitely does seem that she learned that behavior from her parents, particularly her mom. And it's not problematic that her mom hasn't found love yet. It's just that at least from Andre Ann's perspective, her mom was seeking it out as if that would complete her. And I think that's really the issue. And that's what she learned. Now, I will tell you, um, a few years ago, I did have a membership and Andre Ann was in that membership. And that was why I didn't want to go too much into inner child work, because she knows a lot of those tools. And we did that together while she was in the membership while I had it. But that's fine. I just wanted to say because I I do think there's a a lot of room to do inner child work here. And I'll talk a little bit about that towards the end of the episode today. So what felt more helpful with Andre Ann was to help bring this longing that she had down to earth. 
So what would need to be true for her to feel complete? Now, when I asked Andre Ann this, she knew almost immediately. And honestly, if you're asking yourself the same question, you might know, or you might think you have no idea. And if that's you, I'm going to push back a little bit. Like if we were actually coaching together, I would say, but I bet you do. I find it's rare that we don't know what we want or we don't know what'll make us happy or what we need or whatever. I think it's more of like we have a fear of admitting it or we believe that it's not possible or we think that what we want or what we like or what we need might be dumb or trivial or whatever it is. And yes, that can definitely go back to inner child and and the way you might have been raised or saw your parents behave or whatever. But I also just think it's the society that we live in. I think it goes a lot more than just inner child work. I mean, we just live in a society where like women who have big emotions are emotional or women who have needs are needy or high maintenance or or whatever. So I do think there is definitely some societal programming going on. But I but if you think that what you want or what you need isn't possible, I really want to again ask you like, well, what if it was possible? I really do think more and more we live in a world where you can just do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like if people can just like my husband watches YouTube videos all freaking day long. <laughs> just the most random shit, really. And he was watching this YouTube video about composting, but like apartment composting. So you, you can do it inside and you use worms. And just this guy, like, it's not like spectacular videos or anything, but he was just like doing some composting with worms and started talking about it. All of a sudden, people wanted to buy his worms. And just so you know, like these worms... I don't really know much about the biology of worms, but I do know that these worms that you use for composting freaking multiply like rabbits. And so once you have a few, you start having a few thousands or millions. I mean, who knows? I, I really don't have a concept of how many worms this are. My point is, is that this guy had this YouTube video about worms and apartment composting, and he was creating so many worms because after they do, they procreate. He just started selling them, and he's making freaking bank from selling worms from some YouTube videos. My point is, I know that's more of like an entrepreneurial type of thing, but like, listen, you can do whatever you want. You can create whatever you want. And yes, I know that there are real problems and obstacles, and there's privilege and all of that stuff, but I think that our possibility still is a lot greater than what we believe is our possibility. So, and and I think that's true, yes, in career, but absolutely true in relationships and just not even just relationships, but the kind of life that you want to live. Okay, listen, one more thing that I want to say before I give you some action steps and wrap up this episode. As always with this episode, any other episode, I always it's really important for me that you take what works and then leave the rest. I want you to, you know, retain your agency, retain your critical thinking, what works, what doesn't work for me, because you are a human. And um, not everything that everyone says is going to 100% apply or resonate for you. And and that's okay. So if this is truly not an issue you have in a relationship or a limiting belief you have in a relationship, I don't want to make it one, right? If it's not there. But before you do write it off and think, oh, this isn't, you know, an issue for me or whatever, again, totally fine. But one more question is, I just want you to take a really good look just to make sure because sometimes, and I put myself in this category, when we do identify as strong or independent or, you know, very goal or career oriented, 
or feminist or whatever it is, then it can be really hard to admit something like this, that we have like this when-then attitude to dating and relationships. And sometimes this can happen in bigger, more obvious ways like, oh, I'm not going to buy a home or make a big financial purchase or make a big life move before meeting a partner. And sometimes that makes honest, perfect sense. But I think sometimes this can happen in small ways as well. You know, one thing that can really, really be triggering for a lot of the women that I've worked with is when something goes wrong in their house, like a pipe burst, or there's just like a something with their car or whatever, then they have to deal with it and like figure out how to deal with it and then hire someone. A lot of times that can create a story around like, well, if I had a man, then I wouldn't be going through this, they could just take care of it. And I would say that's also a version of the when then mentality. Um, Like when I get in a relationship, then I won't have to worry about this. You see, you see how that works. And so we almost become like a victim of the relationship status that we're in. The problem with that is, again, that's still like a fantasy that you're projecting onto the future that may or may not be true. I happen to marry a mechanical engineer who's like really good with this kind of stuff. But like, (laughs) if he wasn't, there was no way to be living in a house because or a house that we own, uh, just because there's too much shit that goes wrong. And it would just cost hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. But also, I have friends who are women, and they are married to a man. And they still have to call like the plumber or the car person or whatever when something breaks or goes wrong because their husband's completely useless when it comes to this stuff. So again, those are all just projections. And so my point is in saying this is that, listen, if it's really not something that you honestly wholeheartedly feel like you struggle with, then like, that's fine, like more power to you. And I mean that sincerely, but also it can be something that can be really hard to grapple with, you know, if you do identify as goal-oriented Uh, feminist, all of those kinds of things. All right, some action steps for you. Number one, journaling question, who are you? Now, this is not something you're going to discover in one journaling session. And it might be a question that you ask yourself over and over and over again for the rest of your life. And I think that's totally fine. But I do think that it's just something to come back to um, again and again, whether in your meditation or journaling, when you're out walking or or whatever, I think it really helps to just kind of get a sense of like, who am I? Like outside of all the identities that I hold or all the roles that I play in my life, who am I? And you might not even be able to articulate it, but if you can feel it, I think that even even still can be super impactful because then when you can feel into who you are, or how you want to feel, all those kinds of things. And when someone comes into your life and you start not feeling like that way, like that is such good feedback, such good information um, for whether or not you want to continue having that person in your life. The next question is, what would need to be true for you to feel complete? And how can you start doing those things? Now, like I said, we didn't talk too much about inner child work in this episode for reasons I already explained. But I do find that a lot of times we project onto other people, particularly our romantic partner, what we want or need that we're not giving ourselves. So and gosh, like, look, like, we will probably do this until the end of time. I know that I've definitely done this to see if I'm feeling like really vulnerable or just really like in a little bit of a funk, I might project like, you're not making me feel loved or whatever. And really what I know is that's just me like needing to come back to little Veronica and get back into my own practice, into my own spirituality so that I can you know, come to CV and ask for what I need from a different place. So I'm not saying that like, it'll never happen for you again, once you quote, unquote, heal yourself or do inner child work. But I do think that a lot of times we do put onto our partner, what it is that we want to feel that our inner child actually needs. And you are the only person that can provide that for your inner child. 
All right. I just want to share one quick thing. Um, one question actually that comes up a lot with potential clients is, well, okay, Veronica, we're going to work together for these number of months. And then what happens? And I want to talk a little bit about that because I've over the past year, year and a half or so, I've been really trying to build my alumni community because after doing this work for many years, I've got lots of one-on-one client alums, Love Incubator alums, and you know, alums from other programs that I've run. And I want to keep in touch with everyone. <laughs> but you know, the more that list of people grows, you know, it's harder to maintain that one-on-one connection. So I've been really working on building a community of, of alumni. And so once a quarter, you know, I host like little alumni events. So for the holidays, we had a little holiday party. I've done full moon rituals. I'm going to start doing some other stuff, maybe some movement classes just for alumni. So, you know, when we work together, it's not like we just work together for a couple months and then I just you know, kick you to the curb and say, best of luck to you. Um, You know, I really do my best to, you know, build this community because the thing is, is that yes, we're going to work together. But one thing that I've noticed through working with my own coaches is, you know, some of the things that they teach or the exercises or the tools that they gave me, you know, it sometimes can take many months, if not years for those things to sink in. I'm like, oh gosh, now I really get it. And a lot of those other coaches like haven't built in this community of like, this time to either celebrate the growth or the introspection or ask questions or just kind of know other people who are going through a similar kind of stage of life or business or processes or or whatever. And so I've, you know, I'm working on and, and have built this alumni community of women who have worked with me in some capacity or or another, um, you know, for that connection, also to connect with me, because I love hearing updates and to share and share new insights and ask questions and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to share that because it is a question that has actually recently been coming up a lot. So, you know, if you if we work together, yes, there is that time when we are like, you know, in an agreement where, you know, we show up for our sessions, we have that Voxer, all of that kind of good stuff. Um, but it's really just the beginning of what I hope to be a relationship that lasts many, many years. You know, I've got clients coming to these client events um, that I've worked with years ago, even some of my very earliest clients show up. And it's just so, so fun to be reconnected in, in that way. So if you are interested in working together and, you know, we'll obviously do our intense time together, but just to be part of this community that I'm building and growing and being connected to other women who are doing similar work and in similar parts of life as as you are, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And that is where you'll begin the process if you are interested in working together. There's a quick application there, you fill the application out that will forward you to my scheduler. And from there, you can schedule your introductory coaching call with me. That is basically a consult just to see if it's the right fit for for you and your goals um, for us to move forward. There's no obligation, there's no hard sale. It's just uh, me getting to know you and kind of getting a sense of what your goals are. It's just to make sure that I can help you with the goals that you want me to help you with. And then also for you getting a better sense as to who I am, my style, how I work, all that kind of stuff, and just to make sure it's a good fit for you. So if you are looking to make this you know, investment, not just money, but time and energy into yourself and into your love life, I would love to connect. Again, the link is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up-level your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. 
Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.